This podcast is recorded on the lands of the Pangarang people. We pay our respects to their elders past, present and emerging, and acknowledge that sovereignty was never ceded, and the modern Australian nation has made no effort to come to terms with what was done to Indigenous people following European arrival. Well may we say, God save the Queen, because nothing will save the Governor-General. You know I've searched my heart to prove There's better ways to push and pull Hey, whatever gets you through these days Hello and welcome to Well May We Say, a progressive podcast about Australian politics. This is episode 144 for Friday, 26th of February 2021. I'm Jeremy Siapico, and each week I'll be joined by a different guest host to help me discuss what's just been happening to the country, what's likely to happen, and hopefully what we can do about it. Tonight's guest host is not a different guest host, the same guest host for the last few weeks, and probably indefinitely while we are in Wangaratta, but we'll, we'll, we'll have guest hosts from time to time who are not, but in the meantime, isn't it wonderful that we have... Denise! Welcome back, Denise! Hello, it's wonderful to be back. And uh, you all missed it because this is an audio and not a visual medium. But uh, the first time Jeremy said different, he did air quotes around it. I think I think I, I pronounced the air quotes. Oh. <laughs> so there's three things that I really wanted to talk about this week. Uh, the first one is the monstrous ongoing cut to Social Security. The second one is I think we should discuss the, you know, failure of the government to deal with ongoing sexual assault involving even the same person repeatedly because yeah. they fail to deal with it and he does it again uh. in their own ranks. Um, and then we should also discuss the, since the last episode, like right after the last episode, it's something wonky affected us, the, the this happening. But yes, the face down, Facebook shutting down everything in Australia to, to pressure the government and the government going, no, 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 we're much more concerned with what Rupert thinks. Um, and then having to cave anyway because it turns out that Facebook was entirely correct and that, that they are worth much more to the media organisations who immediately were like, nah, actually... Yeah, we will make deals with Facebook, but bond slightly better terms to them. Oh dear. Anyway, we can talk about those three things. So uh, the first thing is, this. I, I'm putting this at the top because I want this to be one thing that's heard clearly because this is infuriating the hell out of me. The inability of any of the people who are fighting against what's just been announced in social the in the social security system and the, in terms of the absolutely pathetic $43 a day but the fact that even the people who are fighting against that being you know the greens and and the and acos and all the all the people who are like this is inadequate and people will die are still accepting the government's framing of it as an increase so mm. heading of this episode can be it's not an increase it's a bloody cut yes i it is infuriating that they've copped the government so the, the um, quick pricey in case somebody's been living under a rock. But essentially, um, during the pandemic, the government was forced to, uh, in fact, the Libs were forced to concede that the amount of Social Security was not enough to live on because a bunch of the people that they want to have voting for them were going to have to use it for a period. So yeah. they were like, oh, all right, we'll make it the uh, roughly $80 a day that it needs to be to be just over the poverty line so that people can live on it. Mm. Um, that had a whole lot of positive effects, not only just in terms of people being able to live and not be ground backwards into um, you know, early death. But also in terms of that money being in the economy and keeping the economy running, it was it was overall a great success. So of course over New Year's they cut it down to fifty dollars a day because they're monsters. Yeah. So that's just over half of the poverty line, um, and monstrous. They did it on the first of January, so it was pretty hard to get any actual coverage about this brutal cut. Yeah. Um, and then they were threatening that they were going to go back to forty dollars a day, which was the rate 
prior to the COVID increase. Yes. Um, and the government likes to pretend, the Liberals like to pretend that the, 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 you know, it's only in temporary. The increase was only in temporary. The base has always been 40, and so it's always going to be 40. And so now this week they've announced that they're going to increase it by $3.50 a week, a day, $3.50 a day, so $43 a day. Um, and that's an increase. But it's not an increase. It's a no. cut from 50 to 43. It is an increase on two payments ago. But if you're going to do that, I mean, every time they want to announce a tax cut, should we? can we, can we if progressives get back in government, um, have a tax increase to recover all the revenue that the Liberals have cut and simply say, no, no, it's a tax cut because it's less than it was before they did those cuts? Well, exactly. Or, or it's a tax cut because it's less than it was in the 1950s where the highest marginal rate was like... Um, in the 90s or whatever. Yeah, it's, it's, still, it's still a cut because it's still below that rate. Yeah, so as long as we can pick some arbitrary point in the past to define whether something's a cut or a rate, can you imagine them letting us get away with that? Of course they wouldn't. They would be like, no, no, it's what it was most recently and it's less than or more than that. It's a cut or rate raise. Well, then why on earth? I understand that their framing is it's an increase because they're saying well, the base rate was always this. And I understand that that's how they want to frame it. But why on earth is anyone on the other side accepting framing it as an increase and going, oh, it's just not enough of an increase, rather than what it is, which is a cut from $50 a day down to $43 a day, yeah. after a brutal cut from 80 down to 50 And the only mention I can see that says that is this article in The Guardian where it, in the second paragraph it mentions, given that the corona, uh, the current coronavirus supplement is worth 150 many consider the increase a cut. Yes. And, like and the, yet none of the people who are the professional advocates are doing this. Like um, Adam Bant was sharing on on the on Facebook this video of, of him talking with Sky, where they're talking about how it's an increase and you know it's at least something and it's going to be a few more billion dollars going to the poor and you know that's something, isn't it? Yeah. And he's like, no, no, it's an insult. It's not enough of an increase. And I'm like, cool, it's a fucking cut, you lunatic. Yeah, it is. It is still a cut. And then for Anne Rustin to get up there and say, well, actually, these people receive a lot of other, and it's always like a these people sort of situation. But there's a many supplemental payments are received. Which are pathetically tiny. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, your $10 a day rent payment, if you're living in um, rental assistance, if you're living in a capital city or a, a large city, um, doesn't actually go very far to cover your rent. You still end up living no. in really crappy share housing in which you can't date anyone lest your benefits be cut even more. And Oh, yeah, no, no. no. Centrelink has to apply the... If you're having sex um, penalty for if poor people have sex, they both get their payments cut because... <laughs> insane. In fact, let, let's go back. Oh, the other thing that they announced is in return for this generous $3 a day, which is only, you know, a $7 a day cut. So in return for this generous $7 a day cut, no, let's actually take it from when it was actually livable when the, their voters were on it, which was $80 a day. So let's talk about this $37 a day cut. Um, and in, in return for this generous $37 a day cut, instead of a $40 a day cut, um, the government's saying saying that they're going to have a new hotline for employers to dob in people who don't accept their shitty jobs. Now, if there's a decent job, you're going to accept it because like, it's the, the, the payment level is so pathetically low and so far below the poverty line. Like, it's pretty much, it is extra, would be extraordinary for anybody to return down a decent job. Yes. But people are going to turn down jobs where they're, they're unsafe, where the conditions are shitty, where the work is not um, regular enough to make it in any way worthwhile, uh, where the costs, you know, even attending there. Yeah, like the, if the thing, if the public transport or driving costs of getting to this job are going to outweigh any benefit you make, um, if you can't get daycare during the hours of that this job runs. Yeah, there are so many there reasons so you many turn reasons. down a job. Yeah. Uh, or, I mean, the farmer one is always thrown up by the libs as if it was a real thing when, of course, we've seen that people even try for those jobs and don't get them. But those are seasonal, you, you, you know, 
you're paying that they take most of your wages in in shoving you in shitty sheds in accommod- for mm. accommodation. Like the idea that they can then turn around and be like, "You take this, or you starve." Mm. That is obscene. In fact, separate to giving employers the power to do that, I object. God, there's so many levels of, of how wrong this is. Like <laughs> every step of it. The, the, the other one that's wrong about this, and I, I, it is staggering to me that we appear to have let this one through to the keeper in the same way as we seem to have... The, the, the consensus in Australia has now become it's all right to brutalise refugees to try to bully other ones into staying in danger rather than getting on a boat. Like, that's fine for them to stay in danger and die where we don't have to hear about it. Exactly. Apparently we've... No, we haven't accepted that. We'll still have Australia vs. Humanity on this podcast. It's never going to be okay. It's always a crime to do that. Um, but the other one is... We've apparently accepted the idea that the government should ever, ever, in any circumstances, let alone in flimsy circumstances like this, be able to throw someone off Social Security and say, starve. Yeah. Starve, you didn't jump through a, an arbitrary hoop that we made. Um, or in fact, even, well, even if it was a justified hoop. It doesn't really matter. I don't care what the hoop is. It should literally be impossible for the government to turn around to somebody and say, nah, starve. It should. And the fact that this is your safety net, this is your last thing that you can have to catch you before you are on the street with absolutely nothing. What do we expect these people to do? When the government says no social security for you, what? Better not do any crimes. I'd be fucking doing crime. You start, if, you, if they put me in a situation where I was, it was crime or die, sorry, mate, crime. Like, mm. what? Are, yeah, I, I don't, I don't. Don't, I don't really want to go back and do do crime um, as as a lawyer, but um, I mean represent people who have committed crimes. But like you, you'd want to be standing up there defending the person without simply saying to the magistrate, "What what were they meant to do, Your Honour?" Uh, you, the whole premise that we have penalties for property theft is based on the idea that there is there are alternatives that are available to people. Yeah, but what are those alternatives? The, the liberals keep going in and shutting them all down. And yeah. You know, you kind of want to say, well, I'm sorry, Your Honor, they, they stole to eat. Um, do, you, do you plan on transporting them to Van Diemen's Land? Like, what? It's just, it's obscene. It's yeah. obscene. Um, so, step one, there should be a social safety net. It should not be possible to have cut any holes in it. So, A, it's obscene that there are any holes in a safety net. B, it's obscene that the payment it was below poverty in the first place. Secondly, it's obscene that they're going to cut it even further. And third, it's incredibly depressing that was fourth, not third. And fourth, it's incredibly depressing that the people who are supposed to be our professional progressive advocates yeah. in Parliament and and the and a, and in the social uh, services sector like ACOS are unable to even contradict the gov- the, the conservatives' obscene framing of a pathetic or of a cut as an increase. And yet we, how are they copying that? Like step one, yeah, learn to argue if a, if it's a cut. You're losing this fight because all the people don't really give a shit about the poor. All they're hearing is, they got an increase. Exactly. Better than it was before. Not a problem. You're accepting their framing and you're selling it for them. Yeah. You Rather just... than trying to reframe the situation and frame it in terms that make it... And this is something that has happened constantly. And I think it's happened constantly more with the Labour Party specifically falls into this all the time. They buy into what the Libs frame it as and they start selling their message. And then they start saying, but this is why we don't like it. But meanwhile, they've already sold their message. Yeah. So they've already sold the message that this is an increase, this is an increase, this is an increase. They're not selling the message of this is actually a, a cut. Saying it's an increase but not enough does not sway a swinging voter who didn't who wasn't angry about this already because that swinging voter's like 
well, they got something. And, you know, they're never going to be happy. Yeah. So, it's you know, the fact that it's not enough, I can I can just tune that out. Okay, <laughs> they got something. They're not happy. They don't think it's enough, but, oh, big deal. <laughs> Rather than being, hang on, we had literally solved the poverty issue in terms of the, what the payment was this, just recently, up until up until New Year's. To the yeah. end of 2020, we were literally, we had a payment that people could live on. Yes. They could survive on in a country with... Um, huge unemployment, as in, as in there aren't enough jobs for all of the people yeah. wanting them. So it makes no sense. And huge underemployment as well. So even people with jobs don't necessarily have enough of a job. They might have a job that pay phases them out of something like job seeker or job keeper, but they don't have necessarily enough of a job to actually pay their bills properly. So we had a safety net that temporarily was enough that an employee could say to their if an employer was exploiting someone, the employee would have an option and be like, no, I'll. Um, Hop out and find a different job. But business owners are good people. They wouldn't do that. <laughs> yeah, literally. Uh, the amount of money that we... And anyway, we can clearly afford it because we did it. It wasn't wrecking the country. That money was flowing into the country. What, what's the... the um, there's an economic term for the thing where, you know, if a poor person has $10 and they spend it on groceries that are then spent on a... The, the, the grocer then spends on um, a... a, a, a a taxi that then spends the money on a, a, a dinner. Like, the money keeps running through the economy. Yeah. That money, as opposed to when a rich person gets $10 and they sit on it, it goes into a bank account. Yeah, it goes into a bank account. It doesn't do anything. It's, well, it, it is the idea that it is the economic growth does happen more when you spend. And because people on lower incomes have very, don't have enough to... Um, Save. They to, well, the, well, no, but they don't even have enough to meet their basic needs in the first place. Mm. Um, that you then give them more money, and that money gets spent on on things, which then provides more jobs, which provides more. Yeah, it, yeah, it yeah. actually, it, it it does. So ultimately, it pays really pays for itself. Mm. But um, instead of that, no, we're um, having a second level cut from fifty to forty three, and we're being told that that is actually some kind of a plus. Frankly. We're a lot better at fighting this, and I and I want I don't want anyone who's listening to this podcast to ever call it an increase. Like, just take that word "increase," raise it from your brain, refer it to it repeatedly as a cut, because that's what it is. Mm-hmm. It's a cut, 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 cut. Adam, cut, 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 cut. And start calling his office. Start calling your local member's office. Start saying that. Interestingly, those supplementary payments they talk about and they refer to all the time. Apparently, Scott Morrison admitted yesterday or the day before that they average to ninety three cents per day per person. So at like thirteen oh six a fortnight. So while the occasional person might get like ten dollars a day extra, which still isn't very much, you're talking ninety three cents. So you're not even like you're talking to bringing it from between forty three fifty to forty four dollars. You're not talking anything substantial. Yes, and for the forty one dollars that it was, or forty four dollars, is still you know mm. half the. Do you know what else? It's half. The forty three dollars a day uh, is apparent apparently, and and I just realised that I didn't actually go and look this up myself, so I'm relying on something I read on Facebook. Well, there's a neat segue, but no, we're going to do that. We'll end with the Facebook thing, and we'll, we'll do the the uh, horrific what's happening in, in Canberra thing in the middle. But um, apparently, eighty six dollars a day is the meal allowance that the politicians get. So isn't it nice they've picked a number forty three that just happens to be half their day, half. So that the, the per, a a person who is unable to get work is on. For, for everything, for their rent, for everything else, on $43 a day, and the politicians who are making that decision get twice that for their meal allowance. Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty obscene. If you look at some of the other numbers here, they get a $291 a day Canberra travel allowance. That where staying, includes the food part? That includes the food. Um, but uh, in, the, in cases where the Commonwealth pays for the accommodation of a minister on a work trip, the NP can still cover... $188 a night to cover meals and expenses. Anyway, starving yeah. the poor. It's apparent. It's 
It's something to pour. It's a Bing thing. It's an Australia thing. Yeah, I was just going to say that, actually. It's not a Bing thing. Uh... Bing, hasn't, Bing hasn't committed any of those crimes. I did note that at least the ALP voted with the Greens on um, a Senate motion that the uh, it should be hashtag $80 a day. But then again, everywhere else they're saying that they haven't committed to a figure. Well, and they've just come out and said that they are going to support this what this motion for the three fifty seven to bring it up to the forty three dollars, but they're leaving it open and they won't commit to another number before then closer to the next election of what they think it should be. Right. So again, so, Labor is doing that. Hey, we'll be here for you, but we won't actually say how we'll be here, what we'll do for you, or how we'll help you. And again, why are you ducking it? Because you're not actually going to do it. If you were honest, like if you actually had a plan to increase it. Then do it before, announce the figure so that after the election you've got a mandate to do it. Mm. But they're like, no, no, there'll be too much of a campaign um, and we won't win the election. But then if you try doing it after the election, if you don't announce, this will happen, it'll be like the bloody carbon price. Um, if you try and play it too cagey before the election and don't don't announce anything, then they will keep saying, Labor has a plan to increase it and, and, and to run the budget out. And, and you'll ultimately, one of your ministers will end up saying, no, we don't. We don't have any such plan. We're not, and they'll be like, "Yeah, but you, can you rule out doing it?" And eventually, in the heat of the campaign, you'll rule it out, and then it'll come back into next year, and we'll be like, "Well, um, hopefully, hopefully you won't have. Maybe, maybe it'll be like the carbon price, and you won't be able to. You won't have a majority in your own right, and you'll have to work with the Greens." And the Greens will be like, "No, fuck you. Set, for our support, you need to have a, an amount that is livable, and then you're going to break a promise, and then we'll have the 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 big the great big lie bullshit from the losing end. Like, pick a number." And advocate for it. And stop calling it an increase. But Again, stop in, calling it an increase. In comments to Guardian, Bernie said Labour would work to alleviate poverty in every budget and may need several budgets to undo persistent underspending on job seeker and other welfare measures. Um, uh, Ms. Bernie, Bernie um, Jeremy from Well May We Say, um, just, just wanted to ask you, uh, how can you say, that, why should the unemployed or um, the poor trust you on this when for an extended period of time that the New Start payment and the social security payments have been below the poverty line, like half the poverty line, Labor was in power. When you were in power last time, you left it well below the poverty line. Why should anybody believe you? If you're even willing to stand up and say, this is what it should be, and make a commitment, why on earth should we believe, anybody believe that you will come back after an election and go, well, that thing that we didn't make a commitment about, we're definitely going to do it now. Why should anybody believe you on that? Well, because we need to address the legacy of the Liberal government's cuts to Social Security. And we can't undo all that damage in one go. What are you going to do to increase it? We are, will make addressing poverty and helping those need it most a priority. How much will you increase it by? We'll balance payment rates against other investments in housing, jobs, health and education. How much are you going to increase it by? We'll make it a priority. Will you raise it to the poverty line? <laughs> we will work at every budget, every moment that we can on alleviating poverty within Australia. Are you going to leave it below the poverty line or raise it to the poverty line? We'll finalise all of our policies before the next election. These are actual quotes, by the way. <laughs> yeah, anyway, all right, well, why are we going to be thoroughly depressed by MPs? So, crimes. Crimes in ministers' offices that the government pretends not to know about and then he's eventually caught and then continues to pretend not to know about it and comes out with implausible defences like, I didn't know about it till now. Uh, the first time I knew about it was April the something of the year that... It oh, wait, wait, I mean, that's... Sorry, sorry. Uh, no, I, I actually I, meant I mean, last year. Sorry, <laughs> in sorry. Parliament, scummo. I just... Speakers, I said this morning, I became aware of the alleged sexual assault uh, at about 8.30 yesterday morning. 
That is true. That is when I became aware of it, Mr Speaker, and the first that my office uh, became aware of an alleged sexual assault, I'm advised, uh, was on the 5th of April of this year. Sorry. No, the, the 12th, I'm sorry, I've misread that, apologies. The 12th of February 2021. That's when my office first became aware, I'm advised, of, of an alleged sexual assault. <laughs> Members on both sides. Yeah. So, anyway, Lena Reynolds had a, a Liberal staffer rate one of her... Um, yes, one of her, her, one of her staff... Um, in her office. In her office, and apparently mentioned it last year, brought it up last year, didn't get reported to the AFP at the time. Because well, 2019, you... I think, is when it happened. They, when they, they oh, about apologies, it. sorry. Um, but that they didn't... Oh, yeah, sorry, you're right, March 2019. But didn't report it to the AFP at the time because she was given the idea that it was her job or the report, basically. Oh, um, the, the, the victim. Did yes, the victim. Report, yeah. It didn't yeah, report but... at the time. But whether it went to the MPs, whether it went to the Prime Minister's office, or whether it didn't go to the Prime Minister's office, whether it got reported, whether it didn't, um, there have now been four. Is all a bit of a uh, you know a bit of a, a furphy. There's a bit of a there's four victims of this. There's right now, now four victims of the same person. Yeah, and and so three of them, as in four. no no four additional. There's five now. There's four additional people have come forward with a complaint about this guy. So four ones after this one. So yes. if they had dealt with him. Four people who would not have been. One of them was prior because one of them was during the election campaign. No, this was this this happened before the election campaign. The election was in May 2019. Was it? Oh my god! I'm so sorry. I, mean, I don't want to. I don't. I have. No, oh, I was thinking it was 2016 because I was. I was going back in time and I was remembering the. You know. I don't. I don't want to make another. You know, who's what party was the premier of Western Australia? <laughs> yeah, but I'm pretty sure that the election. You're was right. There was May 2019. Yeah. Um, oh. And so this happened before that, and part of the thing was that they didn't want this blowing up in the campaign. That's right. So they tried to suppress it. You know, as <sighs> the irresponsible way to deal with a rape happening in your office. Yes, yeah. Interesting. But did you, so Scummo was at the International Women's Day breakfast yesterday, and so it was, it was Scummo and Albo. Scummo's got a new slogan. It's respect, protect, reflect. Or, or it's, I think the, the Sarah Hansen Young's retort is deflect. Um, <coughs> I just vomited. Like, yeah. protect? He's he workshopped it. Like, he read it through several times. Respect, protect, reflect. I mean, I don't... He doesn't seem to be taking um, advice from Jenny anymore. But I, I, the one, the one thing I did that was <laughs> hilarious about hilarious, sad, sad, wa- depressing. revealing. So Scummer actually came out and announced that he had been talking to his wife Jenny, and she had pointed out to him, or suggested that he look at it as if the victim had been one of his daughters. Oh. He's like, and that's and, and that was uh, and that's how he realised how serious it was. Jenny and I spoke last night, and. She said to me, you have to think about this as a father first. What would you want to happen if it were our girls? You said this conversation really hit home when you had it with Jenny. Mm. You thought about it as a husband and a father. Mm. Shouldn't you have thought about it as a human being? And what happens if men don't have a wife and children? Would you, do they reach the same compassionate conclusion? Well, look, in my own experience being... A husband and a father is central to me, my human being. <laughs> so I, I, I just can't follow the, the question you're putting. Did you think yesterday as a leader of this country that it was a crime you had to take... I did, and said so yesterday. In reflecting on what she said last night, I hadn't seen her account until it had occurred last night. I didn't get to see it because I had uh, events and other things that I was dealing with till late last night. And... Uh, 
I had the opportunity at that point to see. I discussed it with Jenny. She had seen it, and we discussed it. That's how we deal with these things. I think Australians know that I'm pretty honest about these matters, and I seek to deal with them in as, as humanly a way as possible, and my family helps inform that, as I suspect it does most people. I mean, it, the one thing I will say that's positive is that I can imagine that 10 years ago that would have gone through without much criticism at all, whereas it immediately got yeah. torn into by everyone, including the journos there. Everyone was like, sorry, you're saying if you had sons, you wouldn't? And you're it was like a Channel 10 journo. It was actually like a mainstream journo who was yeah. actually going at him for it. Like, are you saying that yesterday in Parliament you didn't take it seriously? Because are you saying that you men without daughters or wives can't wouldn't? Can't understand. Yeah, can't understand. But that's all right, because um, Peter Dutton has referred to it as a he said, she said situation. Um as in the rape? Yeah. He said the minister added that he wasn't provided with the she said, he said details of the allegations. But that he was told about uh, that uh, that some de- details have been provided to the Morrison's chief, chief of staff when there are media inquiries on the 12th of February as a courtesy. But that he wasn't provided with the she said, he said details of the allegations. And he's saying this long after everybody knows that the um, Parliament House, House security people saw two of them go in there, her very drunk, saw him come out. Like, mm. there is corroborating independent evidence about what occurred. Mm. Um, and he's just, like, trying to frame it as a... Uh, I mean, who who can say what happened when an assault was alleged but and the circumstances were that, that a bloke walked in there with a very drunk person and then walked out again? Exactly. Uh, and you had... That dickhead Bernard Gaynor declaring that... Uh, so, well, did he end up running for Parliament? Did he win? I think he was sort of in Cory Bernardi's mob of, of fringe loon- far-right loonies. There's been a lot of, oh, it's her fault for being from Conservatives. Mm. Oh, it's her fault for being drunk. Um, you know, if you don't want to get raped, don't get drunk. Like, um, <laughs> Always the victim's fault. If a crime happens, you've got to blame the victim. You can't blame mm. the person who did the crime. Oh, my gosh. I um. But then there's a, the survey of almost 100 political staffers from across the political spectrum in December found that one in eight had been sexually harassed or assaulted in the workplace in the past year. In the past year. In the past year. More than half had witnessed bullying and harassment in the workplace in the past year, and two in five had experienced themselves. And more than three quarters of them said that they didn't report it because they were afraid of their careers. Yeah, because the, the, the people who are doing this shit are powerful and can squash them. Yeah. What was it? I think it was Lenore Taylor in the Guardian was talking about how when they gained, when she got to Canberra they they were don't be alone they were given a ones. list of who yeah. yeah who not to be alone just it's just despicable anyway will anything the, the fact that Scummo's mainly been you know largely been caught out lying about it, it should hurt him but won't the fact that he clearly declared that he requires a personal connection before uh, and his wife reminding him that he has that there are some human beings that that he's produced that uh, could be affected by something before he can have some kind of basic human empathy for well it. because he has to protect them. They, he owns his daughters, and therefore he has to protect them. Well, see, that's and the so if a man assaults them, the, he's that he's failed in his protection of them. No, and if a man assaults them, that man has in fact damaged his property. Oh God, it's it's, it's what he thinks, though. It is what he thinks. Ugh. Anyway, anyway, it should have consequences, but it didn't. But anyway, obviously, Scummer then immediately like they've done a very good job of deflecting it. With they announced the the um, settling less cut than they'd been threatening. Mm. Um, still a cut. They're working very hard to try and move everybody's attention on. This thing's... Oh, it's in the past now. Let's, yep. let's stop talking about it. The Facebook thing, I suppose, 
is let, let's touch on this. So the media code, which is the, the whole idea, is the government, the Australian government, shaking down Google and Facebook yes. to make payments to Rupert Murdoch, and 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 the um, News Corp space being like, this has been a ten-year campaign of us, and we're glad that it's you know we're very proud of what what we've achieved. The, the platforms are never going to pay money to the smaller outfits. It's, there's no actual benefit to anybody except for the big big guns. It is ridiculous to me that the Guardian and the Greens. Um, were supporters of this bizarre uh-huh. thing, but because they defined news so broadly, so the, I mean the idea of it is that Google produces links to news organisations and Facebook yeah. lets people share links to news organisations. Those that those links are then things that those news organisations can monetize through paywalls, yeah. through advertising, um, and and Google and Facebook quite rightly pointed out that in fact uh, they're not publishing. The media content. No, at all. Not they're, at all. They're providing links to it. It is in 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 so far as it has a benefit for them because it, um, people can type use Google to find news and people can use Facebook to see news. Yes. In so far it has any value to them, it's far less than the value that their links provide to the media companies because it's not like when news came off Facebook, people stopped using Facebook because they yep. kept using it because it still had other functions. News is a tiny proportion of the the, the business. And what did happen was people stopped going to those newspapers so much and following links to them. So they stopped getting the click throughs. And so therefore their rates for advertising fall because they're not getting the click throughs of people viewing their page. Yes. So Google before this, before Facebook did this, Google made a deal with news um, and, and the Australian and, and um, I don't think they did with the Guardian. Anyway, they made, they made some deals to try and avoid the code applying to mm. them. And I, mean, I still don't think that they should have. And Facebook refused to, but Facebook was basically saying, Okay, you reckon you reckon that you're of more value to us than we are to you? All right, remove it all. Mm. And, and instead, have you seen? Did you see any media organisations going? Thank you. Good. Stop using our content. That's what we wanted. We yeah. don't. We don't want you using our content for free. Good. You're not going to use it. That's fine. We're happy about that. Were any of them happy about that? Because I feel like the upshot was that they all panicked and were like, "Ah, how dare you? How dare you? We'll must destroy you further." It's like I thought you guys were saying that Facebook was using your stuff unfairly and freely yeah. and they've stopped isn't that what you wanted yeah no no we wanted the government to shake them down and make them pay us for stuff that they don't value yes yeah and 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 so now a bunch of them have signed agreements but again they're being very selective with who they sign agree- agreements with and this is one I, of the things that yeah it's, Greg it's, Jericho was complaining about it feels like the government so the government and the media organizations are trying to portray Facebook letting making a deal and letting the media news back on as as that they won, and the government's desperate to provide to, to put that. And I think what's happened is that Facebook has basically got what they wanted, which is that they don't have to make any deals at all, and they won't if they don't want to. But the government gets to say that they made a deal. Mm. Um, likelihood is that Facebook won't pay anybody anything, but if it pays anything, it'll be like a, a token thing, yep, um, just to make it go away. And Facebook doesn't really care about saving face. Yep. Um, where the government and the big media organisations need to, they need to feel like they've that they've had a win because otherwise they look like the idiots who blew up um, a, a service for Australians to try and shake them down for money for Rupert Murdoch. Um, yep. Small media organisations aren't going to get anything. It is deranged to me. That, so I understand, and the Greens this week have been uh, they've started their their um, inquiry into News Limited. Great, do that. And, and they want you know, Google and Facebook to pay tax in Australia, which is great. That's what should be happening. Both Google and Facebook should be being regulated a lot tougher. Mm. They should be, um, they, they have far too many, um, they can do far too much damage and they've got far, there are far too many restrictions on the shitty way that they do business and all the harm that they do. But nothing in the media code 
is addressing that. Nothing. The government isn't trying to get them to pay tax and fund public services. Mm. The government isn't trying to rein in the obscene excesses of Facebook and Google and the, and the obscene amounts of data they collect on us and the, and, the, and the sneaky way they do business. None of that's... None of that's in the holding Facebook and Google to account. These are evil companies, but you're not doing anything about that. You're just trying to shake them down to give some money to another evil company. And the Greens went along with it. So, so did Labor. All of the part They all went along with it, basically. Yes. Um, fucking One Nation was the other. Like, if, if, the, the only people left who were opposed to it were like real cranks. But I, I don't understand why the Greens had to pick that side. It doesn't make any sense to me why they weren't standing up and saying, hang on, no, we're not going to help you shake down Facebook for news, that's obscene. This media code is a joke. It doesn't provide anything for public um, ju- public interest journalism. Yeah. So, no, we're not going to support it until it does something positive. No. But they, but didn't. they didn't. They didn't. And they advocated and for it. They, 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 they're, they're putting all these banner ads on, uh, on Facebook uh, and on social media about how, you know, this was, how dare Facebook shut things down. Whereas, why on earth are you going into bat for the Liberals? It's Facebook shutting everything down, including because you know how they, Facebook went overboard and they yeah, they blocked yes. like you know, hospitals fire. and emergency services and things like that. Yeah, and Facebook was making the point that's because you've drafted the the proposed legislation so shittily that those things are potentially news under yeah. your definition. You have drafted it so badly to try and hit us. Yeah, that you've given us no choice but to take off everything. Yeah, and instead of the Greens and same people turning around and saying, well. Uh, yeah, this is look look how badly the libs have the lib this harm that you are facing. Everybody who's annoyed right now at Facebook taking this stuff off, it's the libs. Don't turn the Greens going. Oh, you should be angry with Facebook. No, you shouldn't. You should be angry with the libs for drafting it so badly. Yeah, absolutely. And that's the thing. Like, if these things qualify as news, then that's an issue. Like, yeah, these are important information sites. But then that's basically what you've written it as that information sites are news. I don't understand how these, you know, I, I don't expect anything better from the, the ALP, although, again, they're the people who say that they are the mm. professional, prog- they, they call themselves the professional pro- progressive politicians. They, you know, they think they're entitled to our progressive, to progressive seats. They never advocate for progressive things. But even the Green, I just, I, on both of those things this week, the, the calling a, a cut to the social safety net an increase and arguing that the people who are the villains in, in this particular fight where news was getting... The government... Yeah. Libs and news were trying to shake down Facebook. That the villain there was Facebook. What are you doing, yeah. Greens? Come on! How are I'm, you getting that wrong? It's not that hard. I'm not saying that Facebook didn't mess up on what they did um, and didn't enforce it too hard. But what... But seriously, the government was messed up. And that was a messed up piece bit of legislation. It still is messed up legislation. And, yeah. And the other interesting... Like, the interesting argument to make about it is... So now Google decides which of the small news organizations it engages with and which ones it doesn't. Which it qualifies as news organizations. So which ones it'll promote. So there's, you know, some science-based news organizations who talk about things like climate science that have gotten, like, a rejection letter from Google. Yeah. And that's a problem because then we're limiting who's accessing that news and yeah. who's actually talking to us and where we're getting our news about climate science from. Are we only going to get it from Sky and, and Rupert the vehicles so what, now? Yeah, exactly. What news limit have got out of this? They may not have gotten any great payments out of it because they it was always a, a huge but trial. they got political control. Yeah. they What they got to do was really harm small competitor news organisations oh, yeah. and, and sources of information. And yeah, and, and where where is the co- where is the coverage about how much harm 
their media code has just done to actual journalism. Absolutely. It's, it's really, really dangerous. And that's probably where we need to leave for this episode, this week. Uh, but Denise, where can people find you on the toots? Uh, DNC on Twitter. And you can find us at Well May We Say on Twitter and uh, discuss any of the points we've raised in, in this show. For example, uh, if, if you want to repeatedly shout about how a cut is not an increase, feel free. Feel we free. support it. Yes. We'll um, amplify it. Yeah, no, we can have a whole discussion loudly shouted at the relevant people who need to get this point. We can, we can, um, what's it called? It, we can quote tweet them. We can, su- <laughs> we can subtweet them. We can try and get the point across. Anyway. I don't think you want to be subtweeting <clears throat> them so much. No, as we'll anyway. directly quote tweet. It's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Far less subtle than that. Thank you to all of our supporters on Patreon. Thank you for keeping the podcast running. Thank you, Alex Lund, for the artwork. Thank you, Robin Gray, for the music. And we'll see you all next week. See you then. Bye.